everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 600 and, yes, 19, I believe it is today. Recording today, Wednesday, the 13th of May, 2020. This is our, gosh, a ninth, tenth week of lockdown. Who knows? Kind of all blurs in. I mean, I, I don't know if you're um, having the same thing as me, but you kind of just forget what day it is. And you go, oh, it feels like Sunday today. And then you realise that basically every day feels like Sunday or every day feels like Saturday. But that doesn't really matter. I'm sure you're all coping out there and because of perhaps our shared interest of music and music technology and music creation, we can all kind of get through this together. So uh, this is the show that is dedicated to just that. Music technology, synthesizers, uh, software, music production, live production, not so much of that obviously at the moment. Live streaming, I guess now. Um, anything to do with the technology of presenting, performing, creating music, that is where we're at, pretty much. Uh, we're still waiting for one of our guests to arrive, but uh, in the meantime, I can nip over and say uh, down to the south coast where matt hodson aka maths is uh, there in his uh, his newly formed hello. studio how are you matt hello i'm all right i'm still recovering from this hearing infection kind of thing but i'm i'm still trying to stay out of trouble playing around with some toys and um bitwig getting lost in the grid as usual absolutely i'm absolutely um besotted with using it as a workflow i've just completely fell down a rabbit hole with it i have to tell you it's it's completely crazy. What is it? Is it, is it I haven't at all. Is it appealing to your modular side or is it something else that... Uh, yeah. yeah, well, there is that. Uh, it's very modular in itself. I mean, it's like a, a mishmash of Max MSP, native instruments, blocks, and and a, a normal kind of linear sequencer all in one it's it's absolutely superb in terms of sound design i've just been i've just been doing uh, making wavetable oscillators by taking a step sequencer just a series of steps and speeding that up on its own and putting that through an envelope and hey presto you've suddenly uh, you've got your own wave shapes to dependent on how many steps you've got and whether they're positive or negative. And you just get these amazing polyphonic, wavetable-esque moving pad sounds. Really love it. It's great. Ah, actually, I might, I might well, have to do a live stream on it or something. I think you should. Exploration is always a good thing. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I wanted to correct something. Uh, my new camera is not a Sony A3000. It's a Sony A6000. I don't, that doesn't make it twice the price, but in case you're wondering what happened to my video quality, hopefully it's improved. Um, it's on a Sony A6000, which are still pretty affordable on eBay. And we also have Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there in Nevo Sound. Oh, look at your fancy screensaver just kicked in there, uh, where he's obviously at the controls of his studio. Manning the uh, manning the controls, mixing, w working with development on Waves products as well. How are you? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Very well, and always great to be here. Lovely to have you. I noticed you've uh, you've gone for the sort of try and go for the outdoor blue light kind of vibe there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, not sure how successful it is, but uh, visual is not my uh, sort of <laughs> forte. It's more Sonics or Jill. Audio visual. Yeah. Well, it's lovely I to like have it. you. It's lovely to have you, Yoad. And I know, uh, well, you're a big Logic user, so perhaps we can get into that because uh, we know that's going to be one of the topics. And yes, there he is. I think one, two, testing. Rich Hilton, how are you? I'm good. Hey, Do I sound all right? Yeah, it's fine. It's working it fine. It sounds crazy here, but I'll I'll deal with it. Oh, you're having some yeah. kind of uh, USB dri driver issues, or I don't know what's happening, but I've got a delay signal coming to my left ear that I can't get rid of and I haven't been able to figure out why. 
Ooh, that's never good. Are you using Bluetooth or are you wired? No, wired. wired. Oh, weird. Wired. That is weird. Yeah. Well, I hope it's never not happened before. Some <laughs> new uh, software has been installed. I wonder if that's affecting it. Um, we'll see. Yeah, it could be. Uh, i tell you what does sometimes, if you've been recently installed Zoom and you've got Zoom drivers, because Zoom has a sort of weird audio hijack driving system that basically it's a bit like an aggregator, but for internal routing. So you might find that that's the case. I don't want to speculate because I did install something other than that, and I don't know that that's at fault. So before I go <laughs> blasting into speculation... <laughs> Why are you all Anyway, well, lovely to have you. Uh, lovely to also, we should we should say, nice to see everybody. I think we got uh, people on YouTube uh, where, where you get the Sonic st the stream, and also on uh, the IRC. And we do have, I think, Twitch is working. I'm trying to do it again. Um, we're trying to make it so that the pre-show is Twitch, and the YouTube and the Facebook videos just go up as is and are sort of self-edited, so we don't have to do any additional work. Because as we know. Um, it's all about the workflow. So, yeah, big news this week. I suppose uh, we should start with a video. And I've got uh, this one from Henny the Business, who I met uh, in London. I thought I'd use What's his video. What's up, y'all? This is Henny. And listen, ah, oh, man, I woke up to some exciting news today from Apple. They're releasing Logic 10.5. And I know you're saying, Hen, I know, man, you about this iPad life. What if the iPad and Logic are starting to, you know what I'm talking about, come together and become one. Could this be a reality? I don't know. We're going to check it out now. Let's go. <laughs> Good old Henny. Henny, uh, we met, when we met him, he was at the uh, Roly Developer Con the Juice Conference in London, uh, I think it was late last year. And uh, while he was there, he was nominated for a Grammy for some work that he'd been doing, and he actually got it. So uh, no wonder he's buoyant. Uh, but yes, Logic 10.5, really big news. Uh, this is uh, dropped yesterday. Uh, biggest update since... 2013 where they first did x so this is actually kind of major they've changed quite a lot of things you know they've introduced this kind of live loops which is very similar to the kind of whole ableton bitwig thing so that's now become incorporated and it's you know fast becoming one of the things you have in terms of uh sequencer there's a quick sampler ex24 has been kind of updated so quick sampler and sampler backwards compatible uh Ah, yeah, so lots and lots of big stuff. I don't know um, how many... I mean, I was a Logic user for many, many years, and I spent a lot of time in Logic, and I, I sort of stopped using it a lot before I got to X, so I am i haven't really got the, the knowledge there. I don't know, Rich, you're not so much of a Logic user yourself. I'm not sure if you are. I'm not. Uh, not as my primary DAW, but I have used Logic, and I do enjoy using Logic. Yeah, I mean, you get a lot. It's still 199 bucks. It's got a lot of stuff to offer. I think. I, I think. Um, if you'll excuse me, I'll go to Yoad because Yoad uses Logic a bunch, right? I mean, a lot. You know, we've seen. If you've seen the way he sets up templates, all that kind of stuff, uh, we'll jump over to you. So, are you excited? Is this the first you knew, or have you been kind of behind the scenes a little bit before that? Um, I'm not going to comment on that, but um, yeah, it's very, it's very exciting. And um, although it seems like a, a, a major update, the, the main thing really is the, the live loops or this kind of session view, uh, Ableton session view sort of clip launcher uh, screen, yeah. which is very, very cool. And 
you know, logic, when, when they do something, sometimes it takes them time to do stuff. But when it's they do, they, <laughs> they, they, they do it very, very well. And I love the, the kind of um, the, the way they, they think about things and the logic behind it. Uh, it's a bit kind of uh, corny to say, but, but yeah, the, the, there's, um, so if you, once you get into it, you kind of understand how things, um, how things work and it's really nice. And this kind of adheres to, to this concept. Um, the other stuff is very, very cool as well. Um, and the, the upgrade to EXS24, which was on the card for a very long while, because uh, back in probably, I don't know, at least five, six years ago, they've purchased uh, Redmatica, yeah. which, um, which is this Italian guy, uh, very talented, I forgot his name, but I know it, um, who I've, I've purchased his software, which was an EXS24 manager, sample manager, and um, sample, and sample manager, I think, which was a, which was a program that, that allowed you to sample stuff automatically. Uh, and so finally, so ever since then, I was waiting for them to incorporate it within the 20, within the XS24 because it was obvious that that was the original intention and they finally did. So now what it allows you to do is to, uh, first, of all, first of all, there's a lot of enhancement to the EXS24 sampler, which, which I have to say, I use it a lot. This is my main platform and I, because I, you know, I make sample libraries and I, uh, I do stuff and I use it. This is my main sort of um, design platform, and it's quite nightmarish. It's very, it's a very, very capable platform, but uh, there were some software limitations in the in the sense that you had to have a child application. The edit is a different kind of program than the actual. Yeah interface and you had to go back and forth and and, and things like that so um, so as a synth or sampler player it's been upgraded to the sense that you can have 16 modulator 16 like matrix of 16 slots um, and but all of them could be polyphonic the LFOs can be polyphonic monophonic. so there's a lot of synth capabilities in the excess dual filters which can be serial or parallel uh, things like that uh, which is great but the the maybe the main thing for people who actually sample stuff or make samples is the fact that you can throw a bunch of files on it and it will analyze the pitch and map it automatically including finding the the loop points so if you sample like old synthesizers and things like that you you just do it and you throw it on there and it will do it for you which saves so much time yeah uh, so that so that's great and also there's the simple what they call it the the quick sampler yeah which is sampler. really really cool and that's this is something that was the source of envy for anyone who wasn't using uh, ableton live which has the simpler uh, so now that's kind of their answer to that, which is very, very cool and capable because again, you throw a sample on it like, and, and it will automatically split it for anyone who knows machine. It's a, a little bit like that. It, it will separate it on the transients and spread it over the keyboards. What I like, which is a really nice touch, is that you can say that it can spread it chromatically or using only the white keys, which is very 
That's you know, useful. handy for, that, for, that, yeah, yeah, I, for programming beats. I saw, I actually, I mean, I saw, I was uh, I invited for a, a sort of press briefing yesterday and I watched the whole video stuff. And the thing that was, I thought was really nifty is the way that you can, when you grab a bunch of samples, depending on where you drag it on the GUI. So if you say, mm-hmm. say this is the top of the screen, if you drag it there, all these buttons come down to sort of say key groups, layers, whatever. And you could just, you drag it in yeah, into yeah. that zone and then it will do something based on exactly where you drag it on the screen, which is quite clever bit of uh, yeah, so GUI stuff. Yeah, it, so it's very, it's very cool. Because if you if you drag it to the left, then it's chromatic. That that is the, the traditional way where it's it will place them chromatically or, or in whatever interval you you define, and you have to say the set the base key and uh, and all that. But if you drag it to the left, then it does this clever thing where it analyzes the pitch and and um, maps it accordingly and does the loop points and all that. Uh, and the other thing is the step sequence, uh, which actually. Uh, was there because it used to be called the hyper editor. Not many people knew about it. I have, we haven't covered it actually, but I have a, a, a this is something that I use with, with battery. I have 16 battery instances and I use the hyper editor to, as a step sequencer, as a multi layer step sequencer th- that runs into 16 different instances of battery. But now they've basically updated the, the graphics and it looks. So that was kind of a workaround, but now they've made it, uh, they've made it for real. And the other thing is the drum machine, the designer which is also very cool because it just used to be a kind of fancy interface, not so fancy, but like an interface for Ultrabeat. But now it runs the quick sampler in the background for... so yeah, very. You know, we'll obviously have to see about the bugs uh, because you know when when Logic X, uh, Logic Pro X came out, there were a couple of years where it it, it was wow. so buggy. But hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that's a terrifying but hopefully, thought, isn't it? I mean, it was still worth it because it was at the time it was an amazing update. Um, so hopefully now I've just installed it yesterday, obviously, um, but uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see about that. But yeah, very exciting news. Well, Matt, uh, for someone who's just been singing the extolling the praises of uh, another DRW, <laughs> uh, but I suppose the thing is, is I mean, because you're involved in education, you're presumably going to have to get either you or get someone up to speed on this to teach the students because again you know the, yeah. I, I guess I, one thing we should say, look, I know it's an Apple product and I know it only runs on Macs, but there are an enormous amount of people who, for, uh, as with any DAW, for, for this, because it's been around for so long, that this is their platform of choice. So this is this update is quite a big deal to a lot of people. I just want to precursor that. So, Off yeah. Well, go. I mean, I've been. I was using Logic when I was at university. In fact, before then, before it had audio in it, like back in the day, and mm. um, Me too. and uh, yeah, I've really seen this come on a long way through the years, and. Um, yeah, I teach this, just going back to what you're saying, I, t- I teach Logic, Pro Tools, Ableton, and uh, I actually teach a module where we look at how you take what you do in the studio and how you can perform live with that without just pressing spacebar and then checking your emails and pretending you're doing something, but actually integrating with the performance, structure, transitions, effects, MIDI control, and all that kind of thing. And um, for a long time, it's been Ableton. You jump to that um, just because it's got that non-linear workflow of um, 
of the way that you can manage audio. So now uh, Loops has been brought into um, into Logic, which means that, that I can start delivering that module to students and uh, and a lot of them are using logic still and saying look you can you can do this within the box because traditionally what you'd have to do is you bounce write all your bits, yeah, yeah yeah bounce all your bits out sit there render it all out check it all drag it into ableton fiddle about with it in there decide what you're going to do now it's all under one uh platform um essentially it's there ready for you to go I haven't tried this though yet. I mean, I haven't tried composing something in the new logic and then seeing how it can then convert over to the new kind of loop clip view in there. But that, that's the first thing I want to try. The second thing I want to try is the iPad integration um, because as a controller, when you're playing live, to have an iPad on stage to be able to maybe add some effects and do transitions is always useful. Um, and I think one of the big things that often goes goes that I need to check, in fact, it's see if it's still in there. And I check this with every update. Is the Logic environment still in there? Yoad probably knows this, but the environment in Logic is actually a really powerful place for, for routing things like audio and MIDI, uh, audio and MIDI in, in quite unconventional ways. You can get really creative and do some interesting things in there, if you like. And, and if you want to go down a bigger rabbit hole, don't forget you've got the scripting inside of logic which i don't know many people who take advantage of that maybe yoad's got some things going on in there but with the scripting in in logic you can you could do some very bespoke stuff in there as well i've never come across that and i i like to think that i but that then i was before x was scripting there from the beginning or is that something Mm. that's no that's in the midi in the midi plugins uh sections ah Ah, okay right yeah that's right i think yeah I, I want. I mean, because I think the nuance is going to be because what I saw yesterday was very clever, and this is a lot of drag and drop. And the fact that you can just take a region and drop it in a cell, which is part of the live thing, then you can perform your clips and your cells. The, the only difference is because the cells go this way and the tracks go this way, so the scenes are uh, rather than most Ableton stuff, which is scenes to the left and. Uh, clap clips and tracks to the right they've flipped it on its head so that the scenes are at the bottom so you know there isn't there isn't it but but all of that is midi controllable but things like follow-on actions those are the sort of things that really help people to create live performances from these things i don't know how that works within logic that's the sort of level of nuance that we have to get into but very cool stuff where you can actually record the performance in the same way that you can in live so you record your 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 selecting of all the all the cells and then it's recorded out onto the tracks and then you can flip back into arrange mode and do that so it's it's a fascinating thing and i think there's going to be a lot of head scratching because obviously like like you had said there's a big big uh, learning curve i know rich i mean is it uh, you do need to have uh, mojave or up they won't uh, it, fortunately it's not catalina only so they've catalina mm-hmm. one back i don't know have you uh, have you downloaded are you going to be getting a hold of it or is it something yeah Yes. Yes. I've pulled it onto two computers, both of which run Catalina at the moment and uh, just basically launched it and played the Billie Eilish demo that came with it and uh, was very impressed with Billie Eilish's demo. And uh, it all (laughs) seemed to be working. (laughs) Yeah, she's she figures quite heavily in the uh, in the preamble that I was watching yesterday. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've all, all for years, many of us have uh, have worked on trying to be uh, be in focus with Apple, but they they're very uh, they're very faint with their praise and bestowing favors. So I hope Billy is getting at least 
a couple of decent MacBooks out of it. A laptop out of the deal, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not, not that she probably needs it for the money. It's more than just the general, general thing, yeah. Um, I don't is know. Is there I, room in that bedroom for a Mac Pro? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the bedroom be that they do everything in. I yeah, I think there's a little, yeah, that oversimplification, but uh, I suppose a lot of it starts have there. have to go under the bed. Yeah, maybe so. Well, I suppose it could. It would certainly keep you warm in the uh, in the evenings when the chill when the air's chill because I'm sure they kick out a ton of heat. Render um, a few videos when uh, it gets cold. Yeah, right. I mean, it is so. Ten point five is available now. Uh, it's a free download if you've already got X, and it stays at the 180 bucks. But they're still doing the 90 day free trial, so you can still do that. Uh, they were also telling me a couple of things is that uh, the Launchpad controller. Uh, up to the latest one, the 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 the, the Pro Mark III isn't yet, but um, all other launch pads will work um, at an API level with the grid, so you can use it in that sense. Although you do have to turn it on its side for it to make sense for the scenes. This is what I was saying. So that's uh, what, something that seems a little a little weird. You, you, yeah, you're saying that, but if you think about it, the way it's in logic is the way that makes sense. Because why having your tracks go like that? I mean, you're used to having the, your tracks going horizontally. So that only makes sense that it is actually like that. So sure. I'm, for, for me, it makes, and it makes sense. And that allows it also to, because, you know, in Bitwig, the way they incorporated the, the, the clip launcher, so you can see the clip launcher on the arrange page. But it's still kind of awkward, and the way that it's implemented in Logic much, makes much more sense because you, you know which track you're on, and it kind of corresponds to the arrange view, if you like. So for me, it makes a lot of sense. I suppose you may well be right, but I suppose that because so many people have time invested in Ableton and understand that paradigm, it's just a sort of that 90 degree split. I get, maybe it'll be easy. I, I, I don't profess to be a power user in either of these DWs anymore. So it's a bit hard to, to say for sure, but big news. If you're a logic user, I mean, it's, it's not often that, uh, DAW increments generate this much of a, of an event. I mean, they used to, they used to be a really big deal but because there's so many more of them now. And the incrementation is, or the increment, is that right? Was that a word? The increment, whatever is usually sort of bi-yearly or you know it's much much more granular than you well, know it's less that, of an event that, that's because that's because they all do everything now yeah well and that's they all true. do what the other one did you know <laughs> so they they're, they're running out of things to do <laughs> yes that's true uh in the chat room brett lemmings asking me what daw i use um to be honest, I generally reach for Reaper if I just need to do some editing. I, I'm not really doing much big DAW session stuff anymore. It's just not part of my workflow. Video editing, yeah, sure, lots of that. But I use Vegas for that, which is actually quite similar to Reaper in many ways, but for video. Um, uh, I should actually, well, maybe now is a good time to uh, mention our, our friends over at Isotope. So let's uh, let's have a word from them. I want to talk to you about Ozo 9, which if you are working on stuff, obviously we'll work in Logic as well. There you go. Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. 
use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts, and immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. And we thank Isotope for providing us with uh, the prize, which is Ozone 9 Advanced. In fact, you can win that uh, just by entering the competition. We're looking... Oh, I didn't actually set a new tag, did I? Oh, damn. Uh, I have to come on with on the fly now, so I'd have to come up with a tag on the fly. So we'll have to say, uh, uh, finish your, uh, your track. Yeah. Nothing like a bit of preparation. So this week's competition hashtag is finish your track. The hashtag finish your track and the hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State at Isotope Inc. So if you want the hashtag finish your track, the hashtag Ozone9 on Twitter, this is to at Sonic State at Isotope Inc. You will be entered to win a copy, uh, well, in the prize draw next week. And we have a winner for last week's show, which was Martin Bulldog, who's called at Martin Roxart. Um, he's, a, he's a multimedia artist working with traditional and contemporary media, synthfreet and guitar mangler. Good for you. So if you want to get in touch, Martin, uh, you will be given a copy of Ozone 9 Advanced. Phew, I knew there was something I'd forgotten, but I just did mm -hmm. forget it. Oh, incidentally, one thing I've been wrestling with this week, uh, we've had like this sort of... The, We've had we've had two million podcast downloads in the last two uh, four weeks, which is very unusual and is actually not normal. And so as a result, we're I've had to turn off downloads for the audio podcast because it's just it's just not sustainable and they're not real. So anyone out there who's an expert on uh, securing Amazon S three uh, buckets, please do get in touch because I really want to get that back online and I don't want to be spending thousands of dollars on rogue downloads. Uh, but that's really yeah by. The buy. What else is there? Well, uh, did anyone notice so Moog have a new synth? Moog subharmonicon. This is a two oscillator mono synth with a low pass filter, two envelopes, and then this sequencer section. Yes, indeed. And that was one of many. Gaz put a video out as well, uh, the Moog subharmonicon, mm -hmm. which started off like uh, a couple of the other uh, um, uh, products from Moog at, as a sort of engineering project at the Moogfest uh, is now a thing. So it's essentially two oscillators with tunable divide-down sub-oscillators, which you can sequence the pitch and the timing of, together with a ladder filter and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, it seems to have been everywhere. Matt, in fact, I think you, uh, you, you, you rather, rather cheekily said, did anyone notice a new synth got released yesterday? And uh, everybody's been putting it out there. It was a bit like, what, five o'clock yesterday, Twitter feeds, Facebook feeds, YouTube, bang. It was everywhere, wasn't it? I mean, come on. It's kind of like the elephant in the room now. Um, <laughs> you know, when a new product gets launched, just which particular YouTubers are going to be absolutely smashing it with these. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And I've, I've, I've watched quite a lot of them. Um, um, not so much to really understand what it does, but actually just to see what they are actually doing with it as well. Um, but I, I'm really glad this has come out because it was only available, if people don't know, it was only available originally when you went to the, the fest and it was only a, a number of units and you had to build them and uh, your chances of getting one was very, very rare indeed. So now these are out in the public domain. 
great stuff. I, I, I don't actually still know the price of them. It's, um, uh, I, I think it was six, uh, 720 quid or 699 US. These are street prices, roughly. So okay. it's, you know, it's got the Mo yeah. Premium, but it's, it, it's based on the, um, uh, what was it? What is it? The Tritonium concept? I can't remember now. There, there's actually a yeah, bunch of. So. Heinbach did a really nice video, actually. Out of all the videos, including Sonic State, of course, is really good. And Gaz did a, has done a brilliant one, and I love his thumbnail on it as well. He looks so cool and so serious. But um, Heinbach took you through a little bit of the history, which has inspired uh, the subharmonican. Uh, it's not going to be for everyone, um, but I mean, I've got the, I have the DFAM. That's not for everyone either. Um, and I, I, I think it's really quite nice that Moog are throwing out Moog. Sorry, are throwing out. Um, uh, synthesizers and modules out there that that are not you average run of the mill straightforward monophonic polyphonic synthesizer if you like they, they've just got a workflow to them that just i guess uh, makes you approach music production in a different way and that that can be a, a relief more than anything um, particularly if you just need some inspiration or a yeah. starting point to get involved with your music you know yeah, I mean, all the demos I have seen, uh, it's greatly enhanced with a little bit of effects because there's all those kind of harmonic uh, p potentials. So as a dry, dry thing, it's a dry thing. But it, it, the sound, they've got the ladder filter. The only thing I would say is I wish they would just 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 put a little resonant compensation button in there just just what so we could actually not lose all <laughs> the bits. Any, I get but any, but I guess it, it wouldn't be a mode sound. I suppose Anymore, uh, with, some, with multiple notes, it makes sense. You don't you don't want the the murkiness. It makes sense with sort of polyphony or at least multiple intervals than it does on a single voice. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, any room in your rack for any of that stuff? It does. It doesn't really fit in any of your uh, in any of the spaces you have. <laughs> it, it doesn't really fit in my sonic palette. Most of all, right. um, because it's it's kind of. Um, it's an interesting concept, and I like the the fact that you know analog synth manufacturers are kind of implementing more creative and unusual uh, methods. Um, but it, it's it sounds quite cool, and I like the filter, and it has a nice drive to it from what I could see on the video. Um, however, you know this this kind of brings into play. Another concept, which I don't know if you want to talk about, which is um, the concept of, of monopoly. Um, ah, yes. Well, I will get onto that a little bit. <laughs> the, the division of an oscillator. And obviously, you know, the, all, the, all the old string machines, the Solina and all that were based on that. So you had like an octave worth of oscillators. So you actually had 11 oscillators and all the octaves were derived from that. Um, this is this is how you ha you get the sub oscillator on the SH101, and for for that matter, how you have the different uh, wave shapes. So you have the square and the sawtooth, which are basically the same oscillate oscillators. So this method is is very kind of um, efficient way of of creating more sounds from one oscillator, um, and in. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It sounds like a Moog. Uh, sorry, I'm not gonna convert into saying Moog. I know that that's <laughs> how you should pronounce it, but after so many years, it will stay Moog for me. 
I, uh, I try, I, I've been doing the Pro 3 review, which has got a, a Moog-style ladder filter, so I've actually been trying very hard to do that. I've been getting a lot of stiff for it, but you're not a synth reviewer, so you, you can say what you like. I, yeah. <laughs> um, Rich, I guess, no. I, I don't know, what, what, what you, you've got some Moog stuff, haven't you? What, what was the last new Moog you hankered after, apart from the, maybe the System 55 reissue? Would there be something that would, would maybe pique your interest? Um, the last Moog that I hankered to own, maybe a Moog one, but not, I don't, I'm not mortgaging anything to get it. Um, (laughs) and before that it might've been memory Moog or (laughs) yeah, the, the unobtainables. Um, (laughs) Well, no, I, I had a memory Moog I was using when it was brand new and it was awesome. Fantastic. Wonderful piece of gear that I totally learned on and, made some very important music in my life on. So I have a tremendous affection for that memory mode, but uh, Moog one might make me feel that way. Uh, I haven't spent enough time with it Um, to answer your question. This product, by the way, I found very interesting. But yes, what about Moog One? You were uh, bursting. To I but yeah, one. I didn't really find that I had the same uh, loved up experience with the multiple Moog Ones that came through the door here before I got one that worked properly. But I see. Yeah, well, there's that, <laughs> and the fact that it's still in development and, and on the market at the same time. But, but this, but, I uh, mean, this, I guess this isn't. So you know, memory we, Moog. Yeah. So, so is memory Moog to be, for that matter. And I actually <laughs> found stuff that it did that I spoke to the guy who wrote the software that ran the sequencer and he had no idea what it was doing. And I told him stuff. He said, really? I said, yeah, I can duplicate it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, well, I like this product. I think it's very cool. I think it's also very interesting that Moog as a company has decided that four stage envelope generators just aren't worth the bother. Um, because they've now released a bunch of really cool products, including that drum thing and the other synth, the mother synth, and, um, where they don't seem to want to give you a fully featured envelope generator, no matter how hard you beg. Um, and this has, this comes with a pa- I was joking before that I, I had been waiting for a pair of AR envelope generators to come along in my life. Um, but that said, it seems like you can do a real lot with it, and it's really unique, and I dug the sound of the just intonation. Uh, and I think it's really cool that you've made a synthesizer that's about the sub-oscillators, essentially, mm. um, and, and tuning them and getting interesting sort of clangorous analogy results out of it. And that's what interests me about this product. It's not like something I want to like wire up and play, you know, solos on. No, <laughs> I think so. It's something I, I want to use yeah. for that kind of clangorous kind of cross-modulating pitches. And I really dug the Just Intonation stuff better uh, myself, but uh, all of it sounded very cool to me. Yeah, I just I mean, wish it's... they'd give you better envelopes. I just yeah, well, I suppose I it's understand. got the patch bay, so you could do that. And it's again, it's following the patch bay on the yeah. right-hand side, which the DFAM yeah, and yeah. the Mother 32 all have. Um, uh, th- there's another great video, which uh, Mylo Melody's, Melody's uploaded yesterday as well. Uh, and that was just a bunch of jamming using the DFAM, Mother 32, and the... Uh, the, the uh, the subharmonica, and there's some great sounding stuff in there, definitely. If um, if anyone wants to make a poor man's version, I don't know if you've seen this. This is a tip from Loopop, where if you've got one of these modules, maths, you can put um, send an oscillator into. I think it's the trigger input, and then you can use the attack and decay basically to get those subdivisions in exactly the same way. And you've got two channels of that, so you can basically get 
uh, ah. part of that subharmonican thing going on, just using a, an envelope generator basically by pumping an oscillator into it, and you get the That's same nice. divisions. It, it's not as tight; it's a little bit quirky. But um, but if you want to play around with that principle, and you've got one of these and an oscillator, you can do it. I'm really disappointed Excellent. you haven't recalibrated that module to be spelt maths with a with a second T there, Matt. It needs to have yeah. a second T in it, really, doesn't it? For you, you yeah. should just. <laughs> I think I might get into trouble, actually, from Tony. At, uh, at, I don't at know. Lakeway. I'm not sure about that. I mean, because I've got the, um, uh, the, the, the the Fulsome Clouds, which has got the 500 on it. They did a, a custom faceplate for me, which is fantastic. For you, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, maybe I, I should do some. Yeah, I think you should do some, yeah. And Why sell, not? It, sell it on resell my page or something. Yeah. What, that, there's a great idea. Custom faceplate. Yeah, what not? What's not to lie? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. well, that was that was the uh, the subharmonicon. It came out big time uh, yesterday from everybody. So there's lots of videos out there to look at, uh, and including one from us as well, obviously. So uh, where am I looking for? I can't find my um, six one nine. Now oh, here we go. I'm looking for it now. There's so much more. Maybe we should flip over to uh, BBC and then come back for another synth one. So now, oh, that's not it, is it? Is it this one? Maybe it's so this, this one. So this is the Mo. So this. I didn't have it. I'll have to put it up here. Where's the Where's the BBC? I've got that over here. Let me do this here instead. That's probably the best thing to do. Let's do that. Oh, and I've got the sound wrong and everything. I'm going to have to start this again. I really I do apologise. My, my preparation has been absolutely shoddy this week. I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's just, you know... Who could say why it is? It's just as I as I become more and more isolated, I could come, I give less and less of a bother. Maybe that's it. I hope not. <laughs> Here we go. So this is the uh, big news as well: Spitfire, BBC Symphony Orchestra in Discovery and also in Core. The thing about Discovery is it's basically a 200 megabytes version, which allows you to do full scoring using. You know, less articulation. It's a 200 meg download, 59, 49 bucks or 49 pounds. And if you're skint, you can tell them you are and demonstrate it. <laughs> they will basically give it to you for nothing. Or free. There we go. And discover. I mean, you may think, yeah, okay, so what? The big deal about this is, is it's compatible. So someone, say if you're a, a, a teacher, you might have the full library, the BBC Symphony Orchestra, where there's a core version, which is a little bit less as well, which just has less mixes. Um, you could create a score in that, send it to your students who have the free or the 49 bucks version, and they can open that session and it will intelligently reassign all of that stuff. You maybe want to work on some of that, or maybe you're a composer. You don't want to take your massive 200 terabyte sample library with you. You just got your laptop with your 200 gig thing. You're doing a bit of tweaking on maybe the melodic stuff. You bring it back, you reassign it. That's really big. That's a really big deal. And, the, and when I saw the presentation, I don't know if you, you saw any of Christian or Paul talking about it. I mean, they're so passionate about getting orchestras into everybody's hands. And this just seems like a, a masterstroke. An orchestra in every pot. Yeah. Um, it sound, it's great sounding samples. I think this has been done. This is other companies have done this introductory smaller library one mic position kind of thing before and uh i'm sure it's a very effective way to sell the uh the big, the big libraries one. and it's very effective these are great sounding samples and the demos they've put up did sound really good yeah i wonder i mean i, I think I the think difference is is because of the 
the fact that they interchange and that's the thing so you don't have to because what's happened a lot of people work it orchestrally you know it's this whole thought of having multiple different sample libraries and then working collaboratively it's a nightmare because everybody has to do the same thing or then has to revoice it and it's it can be a real pain in the in the proverbial so i guess that's probably the bit the, the big takeaway and the price obviously i mean it didn't Ty is your to, man. yeah Ty did, is your man on this conversation for sure absolutely yeah yeah i mean well he he reviewed the full version and i think that, that oh. for him um, he said it was the it, it's the consolidation that's the really key part again, and I think uh, Yoad, when we spoke to you about Absolutely. it, it was that was. But I mean, I could imagine a, a scenario where you know you maybe you're working on an orchestral piece or a string arrangement, and then you send it off to your your guy or gal who's going to do the orchestration, and they can do it, or the print out the scores. I mean, there's so many possibilities for this being opening up the mm -hmm. the collaborative aspect of using large scale orchestral scores. Sure, but uh, there's also something to be said about small size libraries. There's something I always um, liked about Akai samples that were tiny. Sometimes you would have a piano that weighed weighed like two megabytes or something like that, and and also workstations like Korg and uh, and Yamaha, and obviously Nexus, which I which I love, and uh, I always. Uh, say its praises um, and in Nexus you have really nice expansions with, with nice orchestral uh, Hollywood Hollywood expansions they're tiny, they're not very big but the sound is amazing because um, and, and, and for me I'm not doing a lot of uh, film scoring and stuff like that with orchestral stuff, it's more electronic and more sort of uh, incorporating um, orchestral elements uh, and for me, the fact that it's kind of manageable and it's uh, compact and kind of all-inclusive is, is, is a plus. Because uh, a lot of times when I think about I have quite a few um, Sonic, what are they called? Um, Sonocore? Sonic Culture. Sonic, Sonic Culture. Sonic Couture, uh, or Sonic, I, I don't know. Something like something like that. I have the whole kind of range, and I I hardly ever use it because it's like, you know, I just want to get on with stuff, and uh, and something like that for me is very um, very appealing because I can treat it like another sort of plugin rather than you know dive into all that and all the articulations and and key switches and all that i just want to have like nice strings or something then mm. then i can use that and and it kind of adds to my arsenal of of uh um you know like at the moment i use uh, a lot of uh contact session 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 strings two or pro or something it's simple it's effective and it does the job and i'm quite happy with that you know mm. for string parts and with legato and and things like that and this could be an addition to that or an alternative to that so uh yeah th this is the kind of stuff that i like it's it's effective and it has a small footprint on your drives and on your cpu and everything and uh and i like i love spitfire i have a few products uh, of, f from them and they're really really good 
I think it's what's interesting about this as well is it, I mean, you can create, it, it's the full orchestra. I mean, you don't get loads of articulations, you don't get loads of mixes, you not, but you can voice the full orchestra and have them play, you know, perhaps less nuanced, but you can, you can work on a, an orchestral score rather than maybe just a string. I mean, I guess you could just do a string section or whatever, but I think the key thing is, is being able to just basically bring one in. I don't know, Matt, I guess, again, as an educator, you're going to be looking at this and going, you know what? For some of our courses, this is a no-brainer, right? Absolute no-brainer, yeah. I mean, we run modules uh, like Music and Sound for the Moving Image where students for the first time are introduced to working with with visuals. So we give them short clips to work on. I even give them briefs as well that I that I used or have used in the past for adverts and, and, um, uh, and TV and that bespoke briefs and that kind of thing. So this is the sort of software that... I think would be really good, um, a good introduction to working with orchestras, uh, definitely. Because at the minute we use a lot of contact. Uh, we already use a little bit of Spitfire stuff. Um, so this, this would definitely be good to get under their noses. Um, I, I use Spitfire stuff quite a lot, um, particularly working for, you know, briefs for TV and stuff. I usually get those sort of briefs where they want something orchestral crossed over with ambient weird electronic glitchy stuff so um whenever that comes along yeah i'll probably i'll pull out um spitfire stuff to use for that or contact but i think where it really comes alive and and this is what you don't get with the the cheaper version is the um the performance elements and the nuances that you can add to it and that kind of thing but for forty nine quid, I guess there's a there's an upgrade plan. Is there Nick? So if they want, I believe so. Yeah, the I w- version, yeah, yeah. There is also the core version, which is I think it's about four hundred and something, which is a, a few hundred less, and that has uh, all the articulations, but just less mix options. It's just a single mix that you're working with, rather than having all the individual mics, which I must add enormously to the footprint. I think as well. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Spitfire, absolutely great company. I love watching um, Christian's uh, vlogs on YouTube and things like that. He tells it like it is. He's, He's a busy passionate. guy. No, He's a passionate he, guy. Very passionate. Absolutely. And he tells it like it is. And um, uh, so, yeah, well well done to them for doing something like this. It's certainly something we're going to be looking at, including for the next curriculum when we kick off again in September, October time, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, I think it's just Spitfire Audio. I, I, it's, I, I'm not sure if it's out just yet. I think actually there's a... Um, I forgot what the date was, but if you check it out at Spitfire, then that's probably the easiest thing to do uh, in terms of finding it. Uh, let me see. I think actually maybe it's here. Maybe it says somewhere. Uh, when does it actually come out? Uh, I didn't actually put that in my uh, in my news item. Oh, well, there we go. I should like point out that uh, Spitfire are actually taking a considerable amount of uh, space out here. We've got a little uh, promotion running with them. So, you know, full disclosure and all that. But it's still a pretty cool product anyway. So, okay, this is... I don't normally cover a lot of Behringer stuff, but for some reason this one really uh, floated my boat because it just... Uh, there's something about the way this looks. 1981, a great year for synthesizers. Tragically though, this one only lasted for three short years before being relegated to the history books. Well, we're about to change all that. Introducing the Behringer Mono Poly. I used to have a Mono Poly. Oh, well, I've still got a Mono Poly though. Mine's rather uh, unwell. 
And this looks like a kind of, you know, at least cosmetically, they're going for the, exactly the same layout, same sort of deal. Uh, similar form as perhaps the uh, Poly D, perhaps. So yeah, Monopoly, I know uh, once again, I mean, it's, it's again, it's the uh, rather controversial attempt at, uh, at taking a pre-existing design and remaking. I'm not sure what other stuff they've added. Funnily enough, um, the Monopoly I have, uh, I was going to, because I've been doing these Front Friday jams, and I was looking forward to getting it going, and it got working again. And I, I put it up against a lot of the other synths I was, I was using for the Friday fun, and it really didn't, it didn't sound all that good anymore. And I used to really swear by it, and it's bizarre, because I, I always thought it sounded great when I had it. And uh, I think it was partly to do with the fact that a lot of the other synths I had just took up too much space in the mix. So this I could fit in really well. So I'm not sure, but this just, I like the way this looks. This looks desirable. And I think that's kind of maybe some no news on availability. I mean, I guess if the Poly D is anything to go by, which is a similar structure as in four oscillators, which I think was 699, maybe that's what they're going for with this. I don't know. Um, I don't know, Rich, Monopoly feature much in your musical synth history past? Yes, I actually liked it when it came out. I thought it was, and I still think, the reason why it failed as a product because it was it showed up at a time where the transition to polyphonic, programmable polyphonic synthesizers was pretty well underway already. And making something that was a monophonic synth was actually almost a hard sell in that particular moment in time where yeah. polyphonic synths were becoming ubiquitous. So to release this product, which seemed to embrace aspects of both was a little bit, I think, confusing to the marketplace. But despite that marketing glitch, I liked it when it came out and I thought it sounded very good and better than most of the products they'd done since say maybe poly six, um, which I also really liked. And, uh, so yeah, I remember when it came out and I remember liking it when it came out and I haven't compared, I'm seeing a lot of people online going to great lengths to point out that this thing doesn't really sound like the original. And, uh, maybe that's true, but, uh, it didn't seem to stop Arturia's software much. So, uh, I don't know that it'll stop this. Yeah, I know. That's a fair, I, I, well, I must admit, listening to that, I was thinking, I, I, I'm not hearing stuff that I thought, wow, that reminds me. But I didn't used to make those sounds with the Monopoly, so I'm not sure I would be, and I haven't done right. for a long time, so maybe it's just something that I'm just not familiar. But I would like to try it out. It's, it's one of those things that I call, oh, yeah, because mine's very poorly. Um, so, yeah. I know, Yoad, um, you were talking about the Monopoly earlier. Um, I can't remember if you've got a Monopoly or not. I haven't. I haven't. I have the, the Poly 6, which is in a way, sort of the polyphonic, they, they have some similarities in, in sound, and the Poly 6 is obviously polyphonic. Um, I have to say, I know it's not a very popular opinion, but I'm going to say it anyway. I really love the, this Behringer kind of line of uh, replicating old synth analog classic synthesizers, plus all the their new stuff like the Neutron and, uh, and all the, these other stuff these other scenes and you know what when it comes down and 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 that relates to what you said about the condition of your monopoly of your monopoly i have a huge collection of synths i have about 54 synths i think 54 hardware synths some of digital some are digital but, but a lot of them are analog i would happily replace my analog collection with 
Behringer, with the equivalent Behringer stuff. It's it's just, you know, life is too short. I have at the moment my Juno 106 is playing up. I have loads of problems with stuff. I just want stuff that works. And if it sounds 2% to 5% different, then what? So what? Like, I... You know, I would, and if Behringer want to take me up on that, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, <laughs> to actually. No, I mean it. I mean it. I'm, I, I've kind of had enough. Um, it, you know, uh, it's just I want stuff that works, sounds. I, I think that fr- from all the all the videos I saw of people comparing um, Behringer stuff to the originals, to me the the different sounds. Um, like the difference between two units you know if you take two i had two poly sixes and uh and i compared them they sounded very very similar obviously i saw the one that sounded less not similar. quite as good <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but but you know what um yeah they, they just um so yeah i'm i'm happy to I want stuff that works because uh, because I find myself using plugins which I love obviously and obviously I make synth plugins and stuff like that for waves and and all that so I'm I have to to do that and I love it um, but I find myself using less and less the analog stuff because I just couldn't be bothered you know so if I'm working on something and I have a part that I want to to do to to make or to to write then I'll just pull up a plug-in and and get on with it um i have the rev 2 as you know i have the matrix brute which are modern modern synths and they just work and it's great um so i'm i'm totally you're totally uh, down with it that's fair enough totally totally yeah yeah, no, fair enough. I th- and I, I th- yes, I think uh, Matt, what's your what's your yeah. thought? I mean, well, it, it, it's a cute, it's a cute looking little thing. I mean, I, I, there is a yeah. certain amount of cheekiness that you sort of feel. It's like I wonder if if uh, you know if the equivalent to I don't know uh, if it was. I'm trying to think of an equivalent company like uh, General Motors made synthesizers. Whether there there would be as much prodding of the uh, of the uh, of, of the kind of the, the boundaries of what might be seen as legal or not legal. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it must be legal. You, they wouldn't get away with it and they wouldn't do it if it was going to open them up to it. But well, but it, yeah, I, there, there, is, some, there is something about this synth that I think, oh, yeah, actually, now that I quite like to have. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, there's some contention on the whole legal side of things. But in terms of the synth itself, I've owned two in the past. Ah. And I regret selling both of them. And uh, I got them when they were relatively quite cheap you know, they were like three, 400 quid on eBay or something like that. And I got them because I read that the Chemical Brothers were using them. And um, and then when I got it, I didn't fully understand what I was in for when I realized that what, what really blew my head off was the way it steps through the four oscillators when you've got it in that mode. And then you could set different, uh, um, you could then play around with individual voicing basically in a way that I'd not done before because to me a polyphonic synth even though it's not proper polyphonic in that way a polyphonic synth um, I would play and it would all sound the same the envelopes um, and the oscillators were all the same pretty much and here you could choose different wave types for each voice that was being played and then and different octaves yeah that's it different octaves yeah and then when you got it cycling around in a uh, in a pattern that was like three four or seven 
eight or something like that, things got really interesting because you, I re- it was the first time I was disattaching melody from from voicing in a way. So um, because it took a long time for the phrase to come back round and and start again, you would you'd find yourself just entranced playing with it for so long um, because everything that came out of it in that mode to me was really magic and really inspiring, and it and that inspired me. I guess also to get into this modular and I spent a bit of time with a modular synth wizard, James Holden. And he was telling me the, the reason he got into using modular synthesizers was through the monopoly because he was really fascinated with polyphony and wondered how that that would translate in, in the modular synth world. And I guess in some ways what I've got going on in a rack over here is a kind of monopoly version, which is, uh, four different oscillators, all with their own envelopes, all with their own octave controls, um, all with their own VCAs. And um, I guess, yeah, in a way, I've that's stuck with me and I've I've kind of built one in the rack behind me here. So uh, well, that, I kind the, of got one in my- The original Monopoly didn't have an envelope per voice, though, did it? It was, par- it was no, a it paraphonic. Didn't. It's paraphonic, isn't it? In, in the, yeah. in the uh, biblical sense, shall we say, rather than the pedantic yes. sense. The, um, so so that... I've took the, it on there and expanded on it, yeah. Yeah, so the thing, the thing for me, I, I would like to have seen, I mean, if you're going to make it, it would be nice to maybe have different voice allocation modes so you could just go one after yeah. the other on each key press, one after the other. So if you had, if you had just had one oscillator, every time you pressed a note, one note, it would just cycle to the next one. That would be a good mode because at the moment it always, note one will always trigger note one, uh, oscillator one, won't yeah. it? And yeah. then the second note will trigger. You can get out of sequence, but it'd be nice to maybe have that. And also to maybe make it hackable so you could CV individual oscillators via some kind of cool. breakout you know let's let That'd let's cool. let's go a bit further if we can because that would be well, 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 that's, that's the thing with a lot of the the sorry to interrupt nick so the um the previous behringer clones if that's what we're calling them um they've gone a little bit further than the originals haven't they they've added some effects on them or extra control that yeah it's weren't hard. on the original so what have we got on this one i i couldn't see anything that was different from the original um, even looking at the back of it, because on the original you did have CV and gate, if I remember rightly, on the original, and it's there on this one. Um, maybe MIDI. Uh, MIDI wasn't. You probably got MIDI USB on this new one, which you didn't have on the original. And I agree with Yoad. You know, when particularly when it comes to using something like a, a Monopoly and didn't have MIDI on it, and you want to integrate into your system, and you don't want to start messing around with CV and gate, if you've got this Behringer version, and you just plug it in via USB, and there it is, happy days, particularly if you're working to a tight deadline. And like I was mentioning earlier, working to t- with TV and adverts, usually I've got, an, I've got a couple of hours to turn around a simple brief or a pitch for a client to send it back to them. Um, uh, luckily enough, I've got a, I've got a pre-patch system here that that kind of allows me to to work really quickly. In fact, a lot more quicker than if I had a rack of synths, to be honest. So I, I've got that going on here. But mm. and you know, if you need to if you need to move quickly, then I guess there's nothing wrong with filling your studio with the with this equipment. If it sounds two percent different from the original. Find you know what I usually stick it through the biggest reverb I can find anyway, and <laughs> delay, and <laughs> it doesn't matter what I started with in the in the in the beginning. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Well, I always used to use the Monopoly for bass because it seemed to occupy 
a frequency that uh, that I had a hole for, <laughs> shall we say? Um, okay. And you, you could get that kind of um, you could get the the sense of weight, but also the definition of the pitch, because sometimes with with some synths. The, you get the deepness, but it's hard to tell the pitching of that that oscillator. Sometimes it depends on the voicing and the shape of the wave. So, I know interesting. Yeah, some good points there. Um, like I say, we don't know how much it is. We don't know when it's going to be coming. Um, but I mean, that does look like it's a thing. So it can't be that far off. I mean, obviously, the world as it is, we just don't know how quickly these things can be turned around. And as we know, Behringer have announced. I don't know. Is that a new module almost every day of lockdown for their module for their uh, Eurorack system and their Moog system? I mean, goodness knows when they're going to be coming. So you know, there must be a big backlog, or they're they're getting ready to 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 start stamping them out, and they all turn up. I don't know, or maybe it's just creating demand. So we we just have no idea. But it does it excites me perhaps more than the Moog. And I've got I reviewed the the Poly D, which I thought was a great synth. Um, but I had reservations. But so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what they make of this. I know, Rich. I, you know, it's the sort of thing with that size as well. You sort of feel like mm, I could just fit that. It's like it's it's a bit bigger than the boutique. Well, it's quite a lot bigger than the boutique because the the Poly D is quite large. If it's the same size as the Poly D, what's that? That's got uh, one, two, three octaves. Three octaves. And I think, yeah. So the the Poly D's got three octaves as well. So yeah, I guess still quite heavy and chunky. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if I wanted one bad enough, I'd find room for it. It's a, it's a cool product. It, it, like a lot of their, uh, you know, I, I, I substantially agree with Yoad about the, the fact that the difference in the sound between these and the originals is not going to be the difference between you and a hit record or you and a record that people like or you <laughs> and the record you're trying to make. Because you're going to make the record you want to make with the gear you've got in the room and you're going to be musical with whatever is in front of you at that time. So the differences won't matter until you're a being them in a blind test in a room full of synth geeks. Between, oh, I'm trying to think that sounds like a great title. The difference between you and a hit record. I don't think I've got enough characters and a hit record. <laughs> Have at it. I'll, tr I'll do my best. Well, anyway, um, I'm glad we, we covered that. I don't want it to be seen that we're ignoring what Behringer do, but this is the sort of first thing that's excited me this much for a while from what they've been doing. So I'm looking forward to uh, perhaps it's been a pre getting my, pretty getting cool my couple of days. It's been a yeah. pretty co uh, cool couple of days, really, for releases. It's all just gone a bit, bit crazy and a, and a, and a bit Suddenly, great. Yeah, so. Everybody's moving yeah. in all, yeah, all in, the, in that direction. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. And, of course, then we had the maths uh, system, which I can't remember. We talked about last week, didn't we? Uh, the uh, Not the maths, the make noise system. So, yeah, the, the, it's, oh. it's all how it all comes out. Yeah, not yeah. the maths system. Um, right, well, I think it feels like that's... Yeah, one day. It feels like this is probably a good time to wrap things up because uh, obviously we're getting quite uh, towards the... Uh, let me... I need to start my stream again so I can see where to end the video. Uh, so we've done about an hour. Um, thanks very much for watching. Uh, remember, if you want to enter the competition, don't forget we're looking for the hashtag finish your track, not at all hastily put together. The hashtag ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Uh, to win a copy of Isotope Ozone 9 Advanced. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, you got more live streams coming up. What's going on in your world? Yeah, do you know, I I'm feeling in the mood for another one. My hearing's starting to come back now as well, this uh, antibiotics in to be working so i might plug in tonight the pulsar uh, 23 by soma Labs. oh yes have a play with that not not so much as a tutorial video but just 
just a, a, a plug and play and see what comes out of it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I will, but it, it'll be ad hoc if I do. Um, be later on today, so check out my – keep an eye on my YouTube channel for that. Um, have you tried – yeah, welcome. I just going to to ask you: Have you tried the uh, synth voice? What do you think of the actual synth voice? It's not bad, is it? The actual. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got some decent low end in with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm merging it sometimes in with the kick voice, uh, just to to fatten it up even more. But it's yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy machine. I can't wait to just uh, yeah, just stream with it, plug it in, see what noise we can make with it. Yeah, well, it's my next or one of the next on the list uh, once I get the Pro 3 out of the way. Uh, Mr. Yoad Nabo, thank you also for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you in your uh, lovely blue lit room. Uh, we have actually got another tutorial uh, or another sort of inside behind the... I don't know what... what I can't remember mm -hmm. what we called it in the end because uh, we, we did something on reverbs. How it works, that's right. And we've got another <laughs> one of those coming up uh, from Yoad. Yeah. Oh, you've got the Bond cat. You're, you're rocking the Bond yeah. villain look there, Yoad, now. Uh -huh. Excellent. Oh, nice. <laughs> but thank you very much for joining us. And also, Mr. Rich Hilton, lovely to see you. And uh, I'm sure you must be enjoying springtime in the, uh, or nearly summer now, in uh, in your part of the world. So I hope you're enjoying some outsideness. I have gotten out, but it's still cool here. Remarkably cool here it is. And it's just starting to really, we had snow last weekend. Wow. Okay. Wow. That is surprising. Yeah. So not quite fired the Barbie up yet, but uh, soon, eh? Oh, no, I fire the Barbie up in the snow. Ah, I was literally okay. barbecuing while it was snowing. Excellent. Nice. Well, I'm glad to hear it, but lovely to have you all, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, if I go to our little uh, farewell shot, uh, that's it for Sonic Talk, uh, episode 619. Uh, thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye now.